Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will do our best to let you know they're coming. This episode, we're talking about some recent and not-so-recent movies. Bottoms, Theater Camp, and Barbie. Heard of it? to rate and review us wherever you can. I didn't write that in the notes. But you didn't. It's a reflex now that I just know <laughs> to beg for it. I don't even know where that happens anymore. Who knows? The world is up. The world is down. Who knows? I've heard that subscribing is more important than rating, oh, but we'll see what happens. Subscribe. Whatever you can do. Do the things. Whatever you can do. You like podcasts? You're podcast people. We're we're barely podcast people. So. It's not true if you get 50 reviews on Amazon that they start promoting your books, so don't believe that either. Yeah, just just give us, just stroke our egos wherever you can. Send us an email. So, pretend you like yeah, us. Small, small favors here. Um, how you been, Fanny? What's going on? It's been a while as always, but we always say we're going to do this sooner and then we know. I'm good. I'm in the midst of beginning of year hell, which is hell when you work at a school district, but, um, it'll be over soon. You? I'm good. I started a new, uh, contract job for a little bit, so I feel, uh, both, uh, relieved to have some steady income coming and also... Uh, a little bit of uh, freedom to kind of pursue fun and interesting pursuits. I, you know, i.e. the book that I need to finish. Um, but things are... Yeah, that's perennial. Yeah. That's an evergreen tweet. Yeah. And things are generally good. I, um, uh, what else? I bought Taylor Swift movie tickets because that is apparently where we're at now. If you're a, you know, 51-year-old aging kind of swifty you can't afford the concert and you can barely afford the $30 movie tickets and you buy them in the back row and you sit in the back and you sip your $15 beer and don't feel bad because you're not going to block anybody if you stand up or if you don't because you're in the back row and you're old so it's just like going to a concert except Truly a fraction of the price. I'm um, buying him beads and body paint so that he can have a 13 on his hand and a whole bunch of like those beaded um, bracelets. I don't know shit about the Swifty stuff, you guys, but he needs to have heart glasses and beaded bracelets and a 13 on his hand. That's what I've learned from Instagram. And you knew more than I did because I've I was I've seen a lot of these pictures. Like, I don't know what any of this is. Like I know if people dress up as like Christmas trees, but I was like, yeah. A lot of my high school friends have taken their children and I've seen almost as many we took our kids to Taylor Swift concert pictures as I have. Oh, look, first and second, eighth and twelfth. You know, it's it's you get the same thing. We're taking our kids to this concert. Here's our kids first day of school pictures. It's I am generally excited to see the same experience that I would have seen for two hundred fifty dollars, except in a movie theater with a slightly less expensive cocktail in hand and sitting in the very back like i'm sort of like oh i could have spent literally like i don't know six five times six times as much and had the same experience so i feel like i kind of won yeah because you had the opportunity to and then you were like no i'm not spending two hundred dollars no. on this seat up here yeah i remember now i'm like here we are i can just sit in the back of a movie theater and it's fine because I don't really care that much about the live experience in a way. Um, but anyways, I'm excited about this. We will see. There, I was very interested to see that she broke all of these box office records. First kind of pre-sales. And a lot of people are kind of like, can Taylor Swift save movie theaters for the fall? Like, I don't know. We'll see. She's certainly a savvy biz businesswoman. We'll say that much. So, um, and good for her. Um all right, should we talk about movies and such? Sure, let's talk about movies and such. Let's talk about Bottoms. Bottoms is directed by Emma Seligman, who directed, I believe, and also wrote Shiva Baby, which apparently we talked about, which I totally forgot about. Um, I loved that movie. I think we both mm -hmm. did. Um, and this is her new movie with uh, Rachel Sennett and Io Adebri. And uh, they, I think... 
And one of them sort of was involved in writing, I think. Maybe Rachel Sennett. It know. was Rachel Sennett. Yeah. Um, and this is a movie with uh, two not at all high school age people, which is fine because the movie is so absurd that it sort of leans into all of that. Um, playing high school uh, queer students who basically start a female fight club at their high school and uh, sort of figure out the, the complications of that in their own sort of world and then also their larger quest of impressing the cheerleaders that they want to fuck and basically how does that play out and how much does uh you know sort of toxic like male traditionally male identified masculinity go towards impressing cheerleaders I think it's sort of like a lot of the ideas on this movie's minds right like hey. um so what did you think of Bottoms? I thought Bottoms was unabashedly delightful, and I can't wait to watch it again, and I loved it. Okay, are we going to do spoilers now, or should we talk first? You asked me what enough. I thought, that's what I thought. Yeah, I guess it's new enough that we yep. should just, we'll do quick reactions. That is my quick reaction. Yeah, and my quick reaction is, go see this movie. These people are great. This movie's good. Go support it. It's funny. There are certainly, like... <laughs> Any comedy that I've seen in the last year is not as good as this. So go see this. Um, I, my more nuanced reaction, and I will talk more about it in spoilers, is... I mean, we can go into spoilers because I gave my quick reaction and yeah. now we're giving people yeah. enough warning that you can skip forward whatever, scrub yeah. forward five minutes or so. But All yeah. Right. Go away. If you have not seen Bottoms, you're interested. One uh, punch, two punch, three punch. Uh, I... I feel like, okay, so having been a, you know, queer kid in the, you know, 80s and 90s and seeing all of these like Jeffrey and like, uh, what's the, but I'm a cheerleader and all these movies that were sort of promising of like taking the sort of like Heather's sort of black comedy sort of but queer, like overtly queer thing. And I think there was an entire like industry of movies that sort of played on that. Um, and they were almost always a little like disappointing, <laughs> like like all those movies I talked about. <laughs> like, that might be where we start to disagree because I love, but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, and I continue to love, yeah. but I'm a cheerleader. Somebody said it well to me as like this is a vibes movie and not like a like a movie movie, <laughs> and I sort of agree with that. Like it. It started off so strongly, and it's so fun watching these actors and this crackling fucking dialogue and just this, like, pitch black humor. And then it starts this fight club, and then, it, to me, it kind of just didn't really go anywhere. It sort of just was like, there's a whole middle stretch of the movie where it's just sort of like, nothing really happens. It sort of ties into the larger themes of the movie. And then the final portion of the movie, to me, gets very, like crazy in a fun over the top way but it also felt a little like we don't know what else we're doing here so we're just gonna go at it with a crazy bang of like to toxic masculinity like and like is that just what we're doing are we just mimicking that and i i don't know i just i i think it could have been more nuanced and interesting and i was listening to a review of somebody talking about it and they were basically like oh i was worried it was just gonna be super bad but for queer girls and i was like yeah, it wasn't even as good as Superbad for queer girls. I'm sorry. Like, I think Superbad is actually like a funnier beat for beat movie just from a comedy kind of building plot rhythm. Um, but I enjoyed this. And mostly, like, I, I think, like I said, I think it's still 100% worth seeing mostly for these actors and these writers and these creators. And this is what we got for good comedy right now. And at least it's tackling, tackling, well, uh, toxic masculinity in some way or form. I just, uh, I don't know. I just want a little more nuance, but. And I completely disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know that you liked it and everything, but I don't, didn't care about the nuance and I didn't think it was trying for any sort of nuance. I think this was a, uh, but I'm a cheerleader meets, uh, better off dead meets Heather's. And I don't think it was trying to say much, uh, except that we get to be queer and, and try and 
beat up the things that are coming for us and find each other. And I wasn't looking for a nuanced comedy and I didn't get one. And yes, maybe Superbad is a more beat for beat narrative. It, I don't want that. I don't I don't need for this to be that. In fact, I respect that it wasn't that, that it was much more, no, we're going to take this and it's going to be this weird farce and, you know, okay, there was no blue things climbing off a plate, but it had pieces of all of the parts of the really weird, surreal and farcical comedies that still mean a lot to me and I thought it was great and delightful. I love that it ended with a whole bunch of people. Oh yeah, no, they're all super dead. Um I and the performances again agree with you. Performances are all great. Comedy's great, but I also didn't need for this to be I didn't need for this to be super bad. It doesn't belong to those people. It doesn't belong to the straight white guys that want to watch super bad. It belongs to those of us that want to have, it belongs to those of us. And you are part of this that get to have this weird queer com comedy that isn't okay. The masses get to talk about McLovin. I don't give a shit about McLovin. I, Whatever, it was fun. It was I enjoyed it. I'm not saying that. I forgot super bad a week after I saw it, it fell out of my head, except for everybody making the jokes that are there. This will not for me. This is going to endure in a way that means a lot more to me. So that's what I got from it. Yeah, I get <laughs> I and I totally get that. And I think sort of, you know, telling it from that perspective and really, I don't know, really like both in Io's character and in, in Rachel's character, sort of these like opposing forces, like mm -hmm. sort of like one, like you could almost argue that Rachel's character is sort of like the old super bad character. And Io's sure. character is like the like, is this what we're doing? Like right. almost like a meta sort of read on like, like if you made sort of this teen comedy called classic and Io is just so fucking brilliant. She's so great. Breaking that down in a crazy way. Also fucking all the cast, Marshawn Lynch, so good. Um, <laughs> he was so great. Yeah, and also, I'm forgetting her name. She's been a million things. This sort of gothy, adjacent, queer, like, kid who wants to blow up trees and stuff. Yeah, let me <laughs> look up her name. Keep talking. Yeah. Keep vamping. Yeah, she's great. And, and, and I read something that was like, oh, it was really uncomfortable watching a thing about teens wanting to blow up school spaces. And I was like... Yeah, no, that literally did not bother me. That was literally no. like the point of it. Like, yep. <laughs> you miss that. Like, and it's yeah, it was, it was Ruby Cruz. Yeah, and the gay football player, the homoerotic stuff. Yikes! Like, it was fun. It was funny. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I I think I overhyped myself, and it is what it is. And we were talking about this before, like. I was trying to remember when I saw Heather's and like my first experience of it and just sort of like, this is a movie almost made for cult movie dumb, right? Mm -hmm. And, but the audiences are, all of us are getting so savvy and, and the press cycles getting so savvy at being like a future cult classic. And so you sort of go in watching it through that lens, but actually interesting cult classics happen because you didn't go in thinking that. And that's more of a failure of marketing and capitalism and yep. my own dumb viewer expectations than it is about the quality of the movie. So I think you I said it, I did a little more. Right. No, and I fully <laughs> copped it. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, but also Dagmara Demons D O M I N C Z Y K. Um, Dagmara was also in, uh, Succession, and she played the mom that slept with the spoiler. We're in spoilers, so it's okay. She's played the mom that slept with Jeff, and I oh. fucking love her. She was great on um, Succession. She is married to Patrick Wilson and wasn't in as much wow, in the okay. last season of uh, Succession because she was pregnant. And I was so happy to see her in this. She being was hilarious. Okay, I'm gonna say she was a great example of. I was like, is there probably a three hour cut of this movie? Because I did not 
know her character at all. And it felt a little like, come on, this is an interesting, like, what are you doing here? This is the fucking mom of this other character. Like, what? And they had this great actor doing it. Yeah. Which was awesome. And it, so there were moments like that where I was just like, who are you? Why are you sleeping with this guy? Like, what did I miss here? <laughs> I don't know. Um, bottoms. Also, bottoms? They were on the bottom. Of the social rung? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it was a play on words, but it was more the, yeah, they are on the bottom. Did they feel like they were on the bottom rung? Yes, from the very beginning. Uh, they called them the ugly faggot kids. <laughs> on yeah. the, like, system. On the, 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 like, school, we're calling you into the office, they called them the ugly gay kids. <laughs> yes, they thought they were on the bottom. Didn't they call themselves that? I can't remember. No, like they call when they called them okay. into the office. That's yeah. what they called them. <laughs> yeah, I also that was also my issue with the movie. It was I was like, you were like not the real nerds. <laughs> the real nerds would be way more defenseless than this. But um, again, I don't think you've known a, a nerd in the last thirty years, Justin. <laughs> that is probably I true. I mean, I've known myself. But <laughs> yeah, what but else can again, you do? <laughs> how long ago was that? <laughs> All right, bottoms worth seeing, worth talking about. All of it. Um, theater camp, a movie that we saw, God, it feels like ages ago. And yet it was not that long ago in this crazy summer. Uh, this is Molly Gordon of the bear who we've talked about a lot, who I did, did Animal not know. Kingdom? Yeah. And like, did not realize how much I loved Molly Gordon until this is the summer of Molly Gordon and I O at, at Barry, honestly. Um, and Nick Lieberman, who I don't know, they're the co-directors of this, uh, Ben Platt stars in it uh noah galvin who i've been talking a lot about because i've been watching i don't know about on this podcast but to fanny who was right <laughs> about the real mcneil's man oh book smart book smart oh is molly he... gordon was also okay in Booksmart. awesome that i totally it. forgot about that and again io <laughs> yep. and debris uh in this so good maybe playing also possibly a follow-up to her character bottoms. <laughs> That's your weird headcanon. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna fine believe with it's it, happening. But um, <laughs> this movie is basically about uh there's a theater camp in the Adirondacks called Adirondacks. <laughs> um it is run by god damn it um what's her name? Sedaris. Amy Sedaris and she is this lunatic theater camp nut who has a, this is not spoilers because it happens in the first two minutes of the movie, has some sort of fit and goes into a coma because of the amazing performance of one of the kids performing Bye Bye Birdie. And she's so moved by it that she goes into a coma and her son, played by, I should have written down more names here, the kid from American Vandal, uh, Basically takes over the theater camp. Do you know his name? I have it right now. Also, I'm just going to tell you that um, she was also in uh, Shiva Baby, by oh, the way. who Molly was? Gordon was. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. Totally uh, forgot about that. <laughs> sorry. Uh, that got me distracted. Yeah. We are looking for our friend American Jimmy Handel. Tatro. Jimmy Tatro plays he was great. son of Amy Sedaris, who's kind of a jocko kid who wants to do the right thing and keep his mom's theater camp um, going even though he's clearly not aligned with these people. Ben Platt and Molly Gordon play former camp counselors who are kind of running the show now and kind of want to keep it together, but also are seriously fucked up in their own way. Uh, Noah Galvin plays a um, aspiring kind of kid who's uh, pushed to the as we used to call it, tech wings, um, which I very much relate to and did not feel at all attacked by who wants to be sure. a performer. Um, and Io uh, Debris plays the uh, combat teacher who knows absolutely nothing about what combat training is and needs to ask the kids and proceeds to train them way too well in combat training. Uh, what did you think of theater camp? I, I feel like this is a gimme. There's no... I hated it. Now, um, again, this was delightful from start to finish. I thought it was great. Super enjoyed it. Thought everybody was fantastic. That's, I mean, I don't. Yeah, we'll go full spoilers here, too. Whatever you need to say. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I, it's so I funny. Will comp- it, I will put both of these in my rotation at all times. Yeah. Yes. And they're very, it's funny. It's like funny that there's sort of like queer theme in all of this. Like, I feel like this is the summer between Barbie destroying everything and Bottoms like doing well and becoming a word of mouth hit and theater camp just be, it's like, and we're going to talk about Minx in a minute. It is like a fucking allyship of queer and women like sort of underrepresented, underserved, like, yeah, we're fucking here and we make great shit and it's all very different. And fuck you for ignoring us for 20 years of Marvel movies. Like, yeah, yeah, fair. that's where we're at right now. <laughs> like, 30. I'm, I'm feeling like this is the summer of that. I'm going with 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did not see Oppenheimer. We saw all fucking, you know, three of these movies and mix like on TV. Yeah. Like that's what we wanted this summer. And the people spoke, I think. <laughs> I said I wasn't going anywhere near Oppenheimer yeah. and I stand by it. Yeah. Um, I really love this movie. I mean, I think seeing it with you, considering oh, yeah. oh, our history sure. yes. and just like our history of all of this being weird theater kids. Um, this movie was so funny. It's so fucking like did not let dumb, weird theater camp tyrants off the hook. Nope. It's what's so funny about it. It's like it knows that it's its own form of like toxic sort of microculture sure. and just leans into that, which you could argue bottoms this too as well. Um, I, I would argue, yeah, but yes. Yeah. And these are themes <laughs> of these movies, right? Like that these things like curl on themselves, even when they're like sort of protective subcultures. And I just thought it was so fucking funny. Like this movie to me was like the, the comedy beats and the pacing were so just speaking my language of this, like very slow kind of just like, and it got compared a lot when it came out to Christopher Guest, but I think this was so much oh, better. Oh, so much better. And like, I see that. I get that. But, and, and oh, Mighty Wind and all that. Dude, I didn't like a Mighty Wind. I, I love Best in Show as much as the next guy. I quote it all the time. It's one of my favorite movies. This is better. He's looking down on that shit. Yeah. Like, and this and movie. Camp loves it. Loves it. And also is not afraid to be like, oh, I love it. So I can talk about my mama. Yeah. Like, it's so I funny. love it. So I can make fun of it with you who also loves it. Yeah. I, I adore this movie. I really like, this is my favorite comedy of the year. It's like definitely my, one of my favorite movies of the year. I thought it was so fucking funny. Really, really good. I do not usually like Ben Platt. I thought he was fucking delightful really in this movie his hubby noah galvin who i've talked about on Ruben mcneil's you've talked about on Ruben mcneil's i love him he's so good in this wow his drag performance was fucking incredible i was incredible the kids were incredible yep the kids really like make this movie amy sedaris in her two seconds the kid was great the guy from fucking american vandal whose name i don't know again jimmy know. tatro jimmy tatro <laughs> So good. He's like really so like good. You this movie. bailed on American Vandal early, I and I, I said that yeah. he was the fr- the second season. I don't care about yeah. first season, and it was because of him. He was great. He was brilliant. He totally knew. He understood the assignment of this true crime documentary. Yeah, we're talking about who drew the dicks, but he and he committed. He's just like he committed in this to the type of character that he was. And he knows that he looks like a thick neck jock and he's he leans into it. He's I just think he's great. And he's a character. Even in this movie, he's a character that's not comfortable in that world. And there's such a subtle performance of like, I don't I'm moving between these worlds. I don't know where I belong. And I thought that was so fun and interesting. And God, I love theater camp and I cannot Wait till it comes out so yep. I can watch it with Dave because he's not seen it yet. He's gonna lose his <laughs> it's gonna be mind. really good. Yeah. yeah. Um. God, I really like that movie. All right, Minx, season two, stars. Thank God for stars. Bring yes. us back. Oh my God. Thank you, stars. Stars, you're a hero. You kind of are, honestly. You kind of are. Yeah, you've got a lot of. Betty's good been stuff. saying this for a while. So. I, I have. Like everybody, get your your stars uh, subscription. I was actually just peddling it to a, a writer friend of mine the other day. Yeah. Um. So this is again. Ophelia Lovey Bond, which, come on, your name is Ophelia Lovey Bond. What other show are you going to make? <laughs> Jessica Lowe, Lennon Parham, um, and Jake Johnson. Uh, Adara Victor is uh, Tina, and she's great. Lower Rich Summer as the, as the, you know, 
the madman guy as finally oh, gets to right. pay a nice play a nice husband and Oscar Montoya is Richard uh Richie this show season two they brought in Elizabeth Perkins because of course they did because it has to be the best show in the whole world She's and then they bring in Elizabeth Perkins so good in this role what are you thinking of season two Justin? I'm fucking I, loving it I, it's, I just gave away all of my shit yeah but. it's it's so like I, we talked about a little off mic and I feel like there's a little like eh, like it could be tighter. But like and like I said earlier, like a vibes versus plot show. But this is where the vibes to me are really like, oh, yeah, the fucking vibes are great. <laughs> like it is a vibe show and it's just the vibes are the message. And I really love that about it. It's just so um, kind and weird and eccentric and like. Something about the tone of this show, I just, it understands the intersectionality of, like, gay men and cis women and sort of 70s sort of, like, masculine culture and sort of gets all that and ties it together in such a funny, low-key way. And again, doesn't let any of the characters off the hooks. Like, it, it all these characters are capable of being, like, selfish kind of assholes. But here's the thing I love about it is, yes, we are all capable of being selfish asshole, assholes and all of our logical family call us honest when that happens. But it doesn't have to be turned to 10 and then everything falls apart. I love that these characters can call each other on stuff. And by the end of the episode, they're still it's not like, oh, it has to all be torn apart and then we pull it back together. They these things are kept in perspective of this kind of sucks. And for the long, like there's some stuff that you can tell will be season long arcs that people are dealing with, but nobody, you know, like that's it. I'm done. I slam the door and I'm not going to, Yeah, know, our relationship is over or, you know, like, like Joyce and, and uh, Shelly, the sisters have their issues, but they're, they are always there for each other. And same, all of these characters are always there for each other as they're going through it. And I love that it's kind in that way and super realistic in the, yeah, maybe it's not as much drama that all of a sudden everybody doesn't hate each other and they're not all sleeping with each other's boyfriends and all of that. But I feel like it's so much more realistic and so kind and warm and fun to sit with these people that aren't just loving each other and then hating each other and loving you know they are all there for each other and i think that's so great and i love bambi as she's starting to realize oh maybe just because i love you and we're family doesn't mean you have to be here with me always right and i get that because i'm like that right, you know i'm right. like no everybody all the time now because we're family and right. No, sometimes family goes over there and that and I I love her arc. I love Bambi so much. I love Tina so much. I I love this show so much. And please don't ever cancel it until all of these people are ready to be done. The episode where they go to uh, Vegas and basically Joyce meets up with her old college buddy, I think. Uh, college girlfriend, yeah. Jillian she was in Vegas, the first season too. So much. Yeah, she was um, in the first season. Yeah. And kind of as a competing editor and sort of her reaction to that and the way that plot line was handled felt so to me like holy shit that is what's so special about this show it's just like kind of like she's ang like she's angry like because she has a right to be and they've always had this competitive thing because they're like women fighting for space in this very competitive world and then she's sort of understanding and then she's angry again and then she's also like like okay like it is what it is. Like it's, we are people in this world and she outsmarts her and that makes her kind of feel crappy. Yeah. It's so yep. smart and it's never cruel. And nope. it's always anytime anybody sort of exerts power. It's like, what does it mean to exert power? I just, I fucking love banks. It's so mm -hmm. good. And I'm very excited. I think now that I'm going to be, I'm not going to curse this. I'm saying this and I'm speaking it to the universe. I think it's going to get a season three. Like, cause I've seen some of the other stuff Stars on Stars. reviews a lot of renews right? stuff. It's they not afraid to renew stuff. It yeah. does. I, I'm <laughs> glad it landed at Stars. I really, really am. This show is so good. I love it. And we haven't even finished the season. But it I'm landed not... at Stars away from David Zaslav's stupid, creepy, crappy hands. I hate him so much. Terrible. Sorry. 
terrible. Minx, if you're not watching it, get you a free trial of stars or something. Or Just make yourself a your Gmail friend. account. Yeah, it's three. It's three dollars a month through three for three months right now. Make up a Gmail account if you've already had it. You can watch P Valley, which is excellent. What else can you watch on Stars? Because I know uh, you got stuff. You can watch Heels, which is if you're into Glow, it's at least will kind of like scratch that itch. Has lots of great characters. Um, if you want to get into the whole power thing, you can. Outlander is on there. There's like six seasons of Outlander um, where Get they speak actual Irish. There's and there they have some good original stuff. They actually have some good documentaries. Too. Yeah. Get to use some stars, if only for ranks and for other stuff. Yes. Um, all right. Barbie, we are the last people on Earth to have Barbie thoughts. We didn't even know if we should talk about it, but we should also chime in, I guess. Uh, Greta Gerwig, Barbie, you know about it. It's, uh, you know, it's that's the thing of the year. It just passed fucking Super Mario Brothers, thank fucking God, as the top grossing movie of the year world fucking wide. Like nobody. Billions with a B. Yeah, I just I'm going to say that I'm just this is so fucking naive and stupid that a work story was I talked to my coworkers and. When I left in May of this year from my last contract job, they were already like, Barbie, what are we doing? That's going to be the biggest movie of the year. And I was like, really? Like oh, wow. the biggest movie there? I didn't oh, I knew it was going to be I didn't say any of this. In my, but I was in my mind, I was like, I was like, I mean, it's going to do well, but like, really? The biggest movie of the year? Oh, I knew and it. It's been their top content at work. I think I can say that safely without getting in trouble. I didn't say my mm-hmm. company. Nope. And also, um, I don't know where you work. They absolutely like, like they called it. I said in a meeting the other day, I said, I just, I, I, this is what happened. And I thought you all were crazy. Cause I thought it was the fucking Barbie movie and you were all fucking right. And the movie is literally like, listen to fucking women. Listen to our like, buying power listen to our like <laughs> we we do often know what we're talking about i'm just saying and what we like maybe like yes. maybe what we like at least like <laughs> um yeah what do you think of barbie generally i would love to know I, it's been so long since you've seen it but like give me your give me your top line on barbie oh i loved it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i loved it I, I the cast was great i thought it was really really funny uh, i thought it was smart I would have probably made some tweaks, but I got no complaints. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Kind of me too. Like the further, like I got away from it, especially like whatever. I thought (laughs) it was a little slow for me until America Ferrera showed up and then it just, then it launched right off. And even the slow parts though, I was giggling and I was happy to go along with it. But the minute America Ferrera showed up, it hit the ground and I was with it. Yeah, for me, the Will Ferrell of it all was a little like, whoa, are we doing that? Um, we could have just literally not done him at all. I kind of know stuff. why they were doing it, though, because yeah. I understand what they were saying with it. I get yeah. you. I mean, I understand that for I don't want to see him do that. Yeah. But it was important in the movie that yeah. it be there. Yeah, I think it could have been a different actor and maybe a just sort of different character writing. But again, squabble, squip, squip. Quibbles, quibbles, quibbles. One of those things. The word. Um, but yeah, it's Margot Robbie is so good in this. Uh, America Ferrera is so good in this. Uh, best final line of a movie of the year. Like that line to me was. It was good. It was so unexpected. So unexpected <laughs> and also like so profound. Like I actually really think there are all these articles about like the last line of Barbie is like really kind of insane I get and meaningful. And right. I was like. What are you talking like? What is it? What is it going to be? And I was like, oh shit. Like, that's a crazy last movie line for this huge. I don't know how they got away with that. So, power to you, Greta. Um, Kate McKinnon, weird Barbie. <laughs> I could have used more of you. It could have gotten weirder. I, there was a lot of my one little thing was everyone was like, it's going to be so weird. And then it was like, it's not really that weird. But it was also a Barbie movie, so it's, it can only get and that they weird. only have so much time, too. And, and also, like, they probably only had so much, like, flexibility to get that weird. I mean, Mattel fucking, gave them yeah, the money, so Mattel's exactly. not going to let yeah. them yeah. go too bonkers. Yeah. So, and that's probably also why Will Ferrell was there, because Mattel's like, yes, we like him, he's safe. Give him money, put him in our movie. And I'm so excited for all the fucking money that Greta Gerwig happened, like has now and like the clout and like, what are you going to do next? Like yep. she is, 
She's great. Like, as much as I feel like this movie was sort of like, it's still a corporate Barbie movie and we're all like blow it aside. Like, I'm like, she is our most, one of our most interesting, She's like, great. current directors. And I'm like, what are you going to do next? Like, I have no idea. I cannot fucking wait. She's right. so interesting and weird. Like, <laughs> no, she's great. Yeah. And a good businesswoman. Like, yep. much like Taylor. Like, yep. <laughs> she's like, I will take your money and I will make something weird and interesting and make you like that also. Like, yes. <laughs> um, all right. What do you got on your own first fun stuff you've seen? Okay, um, I, again, I'm just going to say this very quickly. Billions is back. I apparently cannot stop watching this show. Um, it will, it'll be the death of me. This is the final season, except, you know, Showtime, their, their thing now is like franchises and spinoffs. <laughs> I do not know that, but tell me. Millions. And trillions. Oh, no. Oh, mm -hmm. God. And some other billions thing. And I, so this will, I'll this never world. get rid of it. It'll never go away. <laughs> Maggie Sif, I love you forever and ever and ever. Educate Dylan. You're the only, you are the main reason that I keep going back to this and not just, you know, not throwing something at the television. Educate Dylan is so frigging talented and so good in this show. Um, but... Uh, it, it's probably better for me that this be the end and I would like to pretend that I'm not going to watch Millions and Trillions, but we all know we are. I'm really irritated with Brian Kopelman. Stop. Okay, the show should just be called References, the show. Like, like I oh, I'm going to say this thing about this movie so you'll know how I feel about this because I can't actually write a line, so I'm just going to reference Scarface, right? Wait, Fucking irritated. so the sequel, sequels, spin-offs, spin are going... Millions? Yeah, somebody's gonna be like, I'm sure it's gonna be about a lesser character who's a millionaire, not yet a billionaire. And is it a prequel or no? I don't, I'm okay. sure it's about, my guess is it's gonna be about Dollar Bill. Okay. It was a character that everyone loves and isn't yet a billionaire. Right. So my guess is it's gonna be about Dollar Bill Stern. It does seem like if you make it a prequel and a sequel, not a prequel, they're just okay. spinoffs. Spin and then Trillions, okay. my guess Trillions will maybe be about the Damian Lewis character only in London yeah, because he's come back now. Okay. Um, anyway, this show should be referenced as the show because the writer's room can't actually write quick, quirky dialogue without it just, you know, referencing some other pop culture thing. Except now they are literally having characters reference other Brian Koppelman fucking pieces of, of pop culture. The characters have started like referencing rounders you you can't do that you cannot stroke your own back yeah while so nobody cares about rounders i love <laughs> I rounders barely know that movie. <laughs> unabashedly love rounders like not ironically one of my all-time favorite movies okay. i don't care if it's All good right. or not i fucking love it the things that they are referencing like don't tell me oh kgb loved his his oreos too but he threw them away just say you know, I'll splash the pot whenever I want in the bad fucking John Malkovich Russian accent. Dude, I can dig deep on rounders. Just do that. Don't make the <laughs> reference. Trust me. I'm not, you know, if people who are Koppelman's heads and you're watching this because you're into Koppelman, you're there. You're going to know. Exactly. And I'm going to get it us, because, like yeah. 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 I will not be pushed around. Fucking <laughs> rounders is a great movie. Also, it is. It's not a great movie, but it's a great movie. And I use one of its lines forever. Von Sudo has a line where he's explained. Oh, it's going to make me cry. He helps Matt Damon's character and he's explaining about when he did not become a rabbi and his parents were very upset and his mother helped him get away from the family to because he wanted to be a lawyer. And Matt Damon wants to be a card player, not a lawyer. And he goes to have Von Sudo help him. And he explains, you know, he tells this story before writing the check to Matt Damon. And then he says, but my mom did this and she set me free. And for that, I owe. And this idea that when somebody paves the way for you, you have to help others. I've used that very many times talking about things 
that people have done for my son and right. for that I owe. Right. And that's a great scene. That's a great movie and a great scene. And also it helps that it's Fensudo doing it. But anyway, um, so yeah, Billions is a thing. And I just went on 800 talent, uh, tangents <laughs> and it's probably better for my health that it's about to be over. Um, over quotes. Well, yeah, this... <laughs> this part of it is about to be over. While I wait for Yellow Jackets, I'll watch this shit. Um, Righteous Gemstones, like everybody's losing their friggin' mind over this show. I think it's fine. I did finally get to the finale that leans into the Walton Goggins. Uh, uh, <laughs> His character's name is Baby Billy. <laughs> Pastor Baby Billy. Yeah. And he has a show that's much like Family Feud called Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. Oh my God. Good name. And it's the best. And if you don't watch anything else, you should watch the season finale, the season three season finale of The Righteous Gemstones because they do what they should do the whole time and lean into the Walton Goggins. I keep being tempted. I mean, I don't know. I started it, but. Yeah. It's a I mean, tough show. I'm it's a not, strike show. I'm yeah. the strike bank. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Um this is a 30-year-old movie, but I had never seen it and I had actually never had this movie spoiled for me. Our friend Josh asked me if I would go see Old Boy with him. And I was like, sure, this is like John Wickian. Let's go. Sure, of course. He turned to me at the end and said, I saw that movie when I was eight. And all of a sudden was like the Fanny Darling of it all was like, dude, I see you. Your yeah. did that to you? I, I think his parents just didn't know. Like, he watched it on TV. Yeah. So it wasn't as, it wasn't exactly the same. Like, his right. parents didn't drag him there to a midnight showing, and the, the ticket taker didn't say, lady, this movie is rated X. And, like, the first penis he saw wasn't Richard Gere's when he was eight. But still, there was a moment of, uh-huh. He said, I don't remember that. Okay, we're going to go into spoilers for Old Boy here. So, you know, if you haven't seen this 30-year-old movie and you want to have the same scarring um, experience that I had, you should skip forward a little. Give me 30 seconds. Do, do you know the um, kicker I've, of this movie? I've made it to the squid scene, which is not very far. No, 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 no. Okay, as far so, as I made it. So, so that, <laughs> that chef that feeds him the, the squid... Yeah. Turns octopus, out, whatever. Yeah the, yeah, the the octopus. Yeah. Okay, so it turns out that the the guy who had him kidnapped that they searched down together. They all though that he falls in love with that chef. They have sex. It's a whole thing. Turns out that the guy who had him kidnapped and drugged him and hypnotized him for fifteen years also hypnotized and put like triggers into the chef so oh, that the they chef. would fall okay. in love because old boy just uh when they were in high school saw him sleeping with his twin sister and told the whole school and she got upset and killed herself old boy doesn't even really remember that and so he had this vendetta about you told the whole school that i was fucking my sister so i'm gonna ruin your whole life by making you fall in love with and fucking your daughter oh Oh, God, no, thank you. Yeah, the chef's his daughter. Yeah, no, I'm going to skip that. Yeah, but cool. Cool for old boy. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see it coming. I, I did not see And that doesn't happen for me a lot. I yeah. did not see it coming. I only made it to the octopus scene. I did not see then it coming. Then he goes to a hypnotist so who takes the memories away. She finds him, and I think they live happily ever after, God. neither one of them knowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's... I'm, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you, Mama, as you say. Yeah, no, thank you, Mama. It's my niece. That's what that, it works right. very well. Yeah. Um, Karen Slaughter's new Will Trent and Betty book is out. Um, these are not good books. I do not care. I unabashedly love Will Trent and Betty. Betty hasn't shown up yet. I'm a third of the way in and I'm a little upset. Like, can we get home and get some Betty into this? Chihuahua. <laughs> yeah, everybody's cute. trauma, yeah. fine. And, you know, the, the case of the week and he's gone undercover and blah, blah. Do not care. Where's Betty? Yeah. Betty and her two greyhounds that she pushes the around. Only reason I remember this series is because you told me about the dog. The, te so. the television series, like I've started watching it, it's not great. I don't care. Yeah. They they nailed Betty, and that's the important part. Totally. Um, Girls Five Eva, uh, please okay. go watch the show. Season two, 
uh, still right now on Peacock because Netflix has it once season three, which, by the way, I've heard is is written, filmed and ready to go. So do the crossover already and drop me some season three. I'd be happier if it were on stars because we'll right. make it. It's on Netflix. Maybe, I mean, yeah. Netflix also. I yeah. mean, I'm never, ever, ever forgiving Netflix for Santa Clarita Diet yeah. or Glow Netflix ever, ever, ever as long as I live. Absolutely. But maybe they can then, maybe yeah. if they don't renew it, they'll go ahead and sell it to stars. This is just such a great show. Yeah, it, it's so The jokes per minute. I love it so much. So good. That is all. I want all those people to be famous. Like, Forever. more famous. They're going to be yeah. famous five ever. Yeah, five ever. Because <laughs> that's so one fun. more than together. <laughs> and I miss it. Like, I really do miss that show. I want it back. Um, I got Adventures of Amina Al-Sarafi. This is... Shannon Chakraborty, formerly writing as S.A. Chakraborty. Um, it is a pirate, high seas adventure, historical fantasy, a woman sort of in, I don't know what era, I'm terrible with my decades, but she's a, from a long time ago, Muslim pirate fighting for justice and also not so much justice and just a generally bad pirate person who also has a heart of gold. Um, I... This is my favorite book I've read in probably like, I don't know, years. Like, I love this book so much. It's so funny. It's so exciting. It's so fucking swashbuckling. Like, I'm sorry, I watched a little bit of One Piece. Uh, this is a side rant. Uh, the Netflix adaptation of the anime thing, which felt like, you know, Spy Kids Pirates plus like weird bloody shit. Like, this show is so what I want from that genre. Like, I don't really like pirates. I have no pirate like interest at all. And this show is so, this book show, this book is so fun. So smart. Um, it has the weird thing of Shannon Chakrabarty is a Catholic woman from Boston and she converted to Islam and good for her. And it, it's very, that part of it's very complicated. Um, and her main character is a, like a, a Muslim woman, um, I don't know. Like, I'm sure there are areas of this from other perspectives that are probably very complicated and very, like, annoying. And I think she's probably, like, safe to say, like, a problematic author on some level. But, wow, a fucking great writer. And it's sort of like, I think she means well for whatever decision she's made. And this book is so fun so scary it's fucking sexy the like lead pirate woman fucks a lot she fights a lot they're like sea monsters it's it's like to me it's like better than like a buffy kind of thing like it's like it's so fucking good um yeah i love this book and she wrote an earlier trilogy which i'm gonna go back to and she's this is apparently a new trilogy so she's gonna do two more books i hope she does that complicated but i'm willing to engage in it i don't know and also i will say there's like what's queer the name characters. of it again uh it is the adventures of uh amina al-sarafi there's right. also a ton of like queer like uh sort of trans stuff written into it there's uh queer characters it deals very much with class it's like all of her ideas are good <laughs> it's like all the things you want to be good are good but there's also the catholic girl of it all um the big nailed it baking challenge. Yeah, that's words I just said after all of that. Um, on Netflix, uh, I love nailed it. I, anybody who's listened to this podcast for a while will know that's one of my like truly just like junky like like reality. It's not even a reality show. I don't know what you call I mean, that. It is a it's reality. A prank. It's a competition. Yeah. It's a reality yeah. competition show. If you want to get real it's specific, a, it's like a TikTok TikTok prank gone show. Honestly, like. <laughs> Um, which I fucking hate even saying that. And yeah. yet, yeah, I love nailed it. And the big nailed it baking challenge, which instead of one episode following three people and then each new episode has three new people, this follows them through a whole season. It's some of them have already been on the show before. Some of them are new. Okay. I will say the problem with it is that the, the fun of this show is shitty bakers. And so as you eliminate people who are the shitty bakers, like the better bakers remain. And so it gets less and less interesting as it goes on because you're like, no, I want the shitty bakers. Like that's why I came to this show. Um, but 
it does a good job of making you root for the shitty baker's learning. So by the end, you're kind of like, oh, like I, you learned some stuff. And also fucking Nicole Byer and Jack Torres and their endless parade of guests. And they're like these guest uh, coaches on it all do a great job of like really like being kind and rooting for these people that I think that's what kind of makes this show is sort of the general personalities of it. Also, I don't know shit about baking. I'm learning a little bit about baking. So good. I like that. Um, also finally, I have a song. I haven't played a song in a while. Uh, this is a band called jungle. Um, I say this knowing that you're going to be like, Oh, is this jungle from like the 1990s? Like drum and bass adjacent. Not me. Um, any music people will be like, Van Gogh Jungle, they do not sound like jungle. They sound like, I don't know, like Fat Boy Slim or something. It does not sound like jungle music. Uh, they have a new album out. Um, I forget the name of it right now. And I, frankly, I listened to it and the album's not that great. But there's a song called Us Against the World that is so good and so fun and such an anthem for our fucking time. And let's take a listen to Jungle, Us Against the World. Jungle, Us Against the World. Uh, very fun, very silly. Download that single. Don't need the album. Get that single. Um, you got a Nyx? I do have a Nyx. Um, Sarah Schnuck, uh, who played Shiv Roy on Succession, gave an interview recently, and she was much more diplomatic than I'm about to be about the situation. But she talked about she was three or four months pregnant when they were filming the final season of Succession, which did get written into the um, the season and in for her character. And if you have not watched the third season of Succession, bail out and we'll see you next time we're on because I'm going to spoil some things to, to make this rant. So, you know, one fuck off, two fuck offs, three fuck offs, fuck off. Um... She there was a scene toward the end of I think in the finale where the uh, the siblings are fighting with each other and uh, Shiv and uh, Jeremy Strong's character why can't I think of his fucking not Roman the other one um, Kendall are fighting and and it got very ugly the kitchen scene kind of vaguely uh, I think they I don't think okay. it's in the kitchen because okay. in the kitchen they were having fun oh, it's this in the, was, right yeah. right okay. And uh, it in the interview, she said that it was supposed to be a much more physical scene, but Jeremy Strong won't do rehearsals. Uh, this is very famous. Brian Cox has talked about this. He's been very he's been all but Laurence Olivier, my dear boy. Why don't you try acting about it? Um, and directors have come out and said oh yes he was doing the scene and he jumped over a you know a, a safety barrier and almost jumped into the ocean and our stunt guys didn't know what to do right. and, oh that's just how he is and he puts everybody at danger in danger and he's an asshole about it i mean he thinks he you know it's making great art so he gets to do what he wants anyway sarah snook said that she because he wouldn't rehearse that they had to change the scene because she finally had to put up a barrier because she didn't trust that he wouldn't Ugh. in character hurt her and her unborn child. Jesus. And because she now had someone else to look out for, she wasn't willing to do this anymore. And he's very unrepentant about this type of behavior. And my next at this point is method acting and trauma response as art. This includes, you know, don't come at me about, poor Shelley Duvall's performance in The Shining, which, yes, is unparalleled and great. She didn't have it? to be tormented yeah. by Stanley Kubrick to get that. If he knew how to direct, he could have gotten that performance out of her without her, to this day, being traumatized by, by it. If Al Alfred Hitchcock, and I love Alfred Hitchcock, but if he knew what the hell he was doing, 
Janet Lee could have taken a shower oh when she, for the next 25 yeah. years. To be Hedron, everybody. To be Hedron. Yeah. And, and that is, that's the trauma response director thing of, I'm going to push you into method acting. I, you can all go somewhere else with yeah. this bullshit. I'm, I'm firmly on Laurence Olivier's side on this. If you do not know how to act without harming other people, if you do not how, know how to create art without saying, oh, it was worth it, that somebody got really fucked up. I don't want to see your art. I There's agree. a way to do this. So that is my my next. It's also such a fucking guy thing. It's it is. <laughs> it absolutely is. And it's, you know, oh, I have the right. If. What if he'd hurt that baby? Yeah, yeah. What if he'd hurt that woman? And he yeah. would have been like, oh, and I don't think he would have been sorry. I honestly do not. And it didn't happen because Shara Snook put up her barriers and she's a badass Aussie woman who's like, you're not going to fuck my fuck up my kid. Yeah. It's not going to happen. But she shouldn't have ever even been put in that situation. He should have been like, dude, of course I would never do that. She shouldn't have even had to been afraid that her co-worker would not respect her pregnancy for a scene. Totally. It's bullshit. Totally. That's it. Speaking of unsafe uh, working environments, I got a little Ezra Miller in The Flash, uh, which I saw this movie. I pressed play on Max of my own accord. You sure did. So that's my fault. Um, I don't even want to get too down that Ezra Miller of it all. Like, whatever. That is what it is. There they are. Like, they're also probably a terrible person. Like, I'm going to be real. Um, But my next... Despite, so here's my thought process. First is the DC extended universe movie, cinematic fuckery universe, whatever. Next that, oh, guess what? It's already next. I didn't have to do anything there. So that's that's solved. Um, also, I could next like bad time travel movies, like where the logic makes no sense. Oh, yeah, no, that's pretty common. We should nix that anyways. That's We all talked about that a little bit. Um, bad CGI? Yeah, nix that. Like, we, we can't complain about that forever. Um, what else? Uh, needle drops. There's some really terrible needle drops in the movie. Nix all these needle drops. There are scenes in this where like, Things pop up that are totally so inappropriate that you're like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, multi- Which is almost as bad as On the Nose. Like, can can we make just a list of, sh- of songs that you're not allowed to put in, yeah. in movies anymore? Don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Ba-ba-ba-bad to the bone. Yeah. This is the equivalent of, I think it's maybe a White Stripe song, but it plays the same function. Um the uh, multiverse of it all. Like, I don't need to see all 10 versions of Batman, uh, all 10 versions of Supergirl. Like, I'm fine just being like, choose one and write a good fucking movie around them. All that fucking said. Um, uh, wait, sorry. No, I got one more before I get to the real thing. The goddamn, dr- like, dropping in a line that's just, like, meant to just completely cater. There's a scene where two flashes in this movie are about to go into battle, and... Somebody, one of the flashes turns the other flash and says, come on, Barbie. And the other one says, let's go party. And yeah, I mean, maybe you saw the future of Barbie actually like destroying the fucking box office. No. Sucking. But like, let's not do that. Also, that is no, no weird, (laughs) like men of, I understand that Ezra Miller is non-binary, but. The person that wrote the line, no, men of privilege, you don't get to have that. No. No. Nope. No. And yet, the thing that I'm fucking nixing, uh, I don't know if you remember the old uh, Bud Light ad, uh, and twins. Um, Where it was like, barbecue, picnic, 4th of July, corn on the cob, and twins. It was like a whole terrible... Oh, I do remember that now. Um, I fucking hate more than anything I talked about movies where two characters play the same versions of one character. The two, one actor plays one the, same plays the same person in two versions for 75% of this movie, 75% of this movie. There are two Ezra Millers playing like, like very similar, but also just like year apart flash characters and the younger Flash is the most fucking annoying performance I have ever seen in my fucking life. Because whenever they do these movies, 
the the one like other side of the character, the actor needs to be like, oh my god, I'm t- I gotta make this differentiated, and so they go insane with this terrible overacting that is like the worst shit you've ever seen, and you're just like, don't put actors in these positions, like don't do this. Like, I, there's a way better way to do like a multiverse time. I mean, just all of that. Drop it, but like. I don't need ever need to see actors acting against each other. I didn't like it when Barbara Streisand did it with herself in a video in that weird concert movie she did. I didn't like it. In either fucking, Parent Trap. Yeah, either Parent Trap, Jeremy Irons in the fucking evil gynecologist movie. Stop acting. Stop acting against yourself. It's not. It never wins. Stop it. I hate it so much. Stop it. Um, wow. All right, that's my next. Okay. I strongly. I thought it was going to be just the bad drop-in CGI. I didn't realize this was a whole oh, rant, I, and I'm this, I'm here for this. The Flash is like a rabbit hole of Nixes. Like this movie <laughs> is fucking terrible in every possible way. It's I hate it so much. It and I didn't finish it. And I made it seventy-five percent, and I turned it off. And I'm not going to finish it. You say that now. The only good thing about it. I'm going to get a text at like two o'clock in the morning. That's like I finished it. The only I hate good thing myself. about it is Michael Keaton. Literally gives a good performance. Literally the only reason to watch the highlights of this movie. But as you said, Michael <laughs> Keaton's good in everything. He's just like a rabbit hole of Nixes. It's a rabbit hole. Of Where Nixes. can they tell us about rabbit holes of Nixes, uh, Justin? You can do that at Facebook at the Next Podcast. Uh, motion to Nix at gmail.com. Um, the Next Podcast is still on X slash. Twitter? Yeah, I haven't um, updated it, so it's still Twitter yeah, for me. I at, have a bird. <laughs> at Fanny Darling. At Fanny V. Darling. I'm still on the bird, and I'm at Justin Ring on Threads, which is a ghost town. So yeah. it's either no engagement or hell, rabbit of nexus. <laughs> Free. And now I have the bird is the word in my head. Excellent. We'll see you next time. Bye.